to our first um, Lindsay Lodge podcast um, and we've got with us today myself, Helen Turner, Director of Clinical Services, uh, Karen Andrew, Operational Matron, Sarah Hodge, Advanced Care Practitioner, Occupational Therapist. And today we just want to talk to you about a quality improvement programme within our outpatients model. Uh, we know that early palliative care improves the quality of life, uh, survival and clinical outcomes, mood and healthcare satisfaction in our patients. Um, so we wanted to change the way that we've been using uh, and delivering our wellbeing model. I think probably the best place for us to start would be to look at that history of the hospice uh, and how we started. Mm -hmm. Karen, I don't know whether that's something you want to pick up. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, so the, the daycare centre, as as it was called, um, was was sort of, sort of first developed about 31 years ago. Just just with a daycare centre at that time, so it was opened up really because it was seen to be a need within the community um, in in North Lincolnshire. Patients attended for um, sort of emotional support, um, symptom management, but it was also a sort of a safe place for patients to come. Um, and as I say, it's been going 31 years. But it's been felt that we really needed to look at how we can remain sustainable um, as a wellbeing centre. So we looked at developing a new model um, as to how we can move forward. So Sarah, would you like to enlighten us? Yes, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so I think most of us who, who work in hospice world will be aware of the challenges with day centre services. Um, I don't want to say the P word, but the pandemic word over the past <laughs> few years. Um, so, as, as Helen and Karen have said, there's a lot of history at the hospice and we wanted to make some changes from that traditional model. So, usually, historically, patients would attend, families would attend um, the wellbeing centre and come, take up their usual chair, sit in a circle, um, have a chitter-chatter, a knitter-natter, um, and have that nursing care if they needed it. Over the 31 years, services have evolved within the wellbeing centre, so we now have complementary therapies, uh, a lot more therapeutic services, occupational therapy, physiotherapy um, that we didn't have previously. Predominantly, it's always been medically led, and when Helen came into, into the service, we wanted to look at how we could actually continue that medical approach, but also integrate people into the service um, to keep coming for social needs and that psychological support. So what we've done is arranged it really around goal setting. So somebody will be referred in, we widened up the referral ability so people can self-refer into the service. They don't necessarily need to have a referral from a healthcare professional. So once they've self-referred in, we go through a triage process and that triage is done by the advanced care practitioners and at that point they come in for an assessment with either a therapist or with a registered nurse. During that assessment we complete an IPOS, so Integrated Palliative Outcome Scale, which most of you will be familiar with and we do that in line with goal setting and completing goal attainment scaling and what that does is actually inform the direction of where that person's care will go. We align them to a pathway at that point and that pathway is either the wellbeing pathway where they will come purely for social interaction, activity, um, participation, a family member can come along with them and they just have that time, that safe space as Karen mentioned earlier uh, to, to spend with others and, and people in similar situations. The, aside from that, the other pathway is the health pathway 
and that is where a person will be allocated a set appointment time with an appropriate healthcare professional depending on what their goal might be. So that could be with a nurse, it could be with the complementary therapist, it could be with our advanced assistant, um, it could be with a chaplain, all depending on what their goals are. We have, we obviously have realised as well the fact that it isn't just around healthcare professionals that can help somebody achieve their goal and so there's been a lot of work in terms of activity, uh, which Karen will talk a little bit more about. Okay, thank you. <laughs> One of the things, um, as, as a hospice, we're really, really keen on is um, developing our workforce and so that goes along with the activities was how we developed our healthcare assistants um, and empowered them. Um, so our healthcare assistants actually are actually the team that, that look after the patients with the well-being, the social patients that we have. Um, so they actually do have their own caseload um, of the well-being patients. They, they can make plans um, with these patients that come in. Um, so it's, it was, again, it was, about, it was about getting them their competencies in, in different areas. So some of the activities that we've sort of, we offer are um, chair-based exercises, which was externally funded, um, which is great fun. Um, patients, staff, volunteers—we've uh, we've all joined in on that one. And it's great to see, isn't it? The yes. mood in the room when it's yes, yeah, 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 especially yeah. when they dress up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been really good. And obviously, that's very—you know—that's very good. Obviously, because it's exercise, so very ther therapeutic as well. Um, one of the other things we've got—we've got a polytunnel, which again was 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 through external funding, through it through a grant. Um, so patients go out and um, work in the polytunnel. We have volunteers who are very dedicated um, and we even um, grow our own salad products for our um, kitchen here at the hospice. Um, that's gone down really well. Yeah, and seeing them all eat them. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, it tastes delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things that we offer is music therapy. Um, that's great for when you go around and you've got your 60s music on and mm. we've all got maracas mm. and things. That works really well. Um, one of the other things that we're offering um, as well within Wellbeing Now is com more complementary therapy. So we have a group um, visualisation and relaxation session every day. And again, um, it's great because it's just for patients to go home. Um, it gets a right frame of mind to go home. It's very relaxing. Um, we have even had patients fall asleep because it's um, it really and is... And the patient feedback from that has been yes, outstanding, yeah. mm. it's it really has shown the benefits. Yes, mm. ab ab absolutely. Mm. Um, so there's crafts and what sort of things we've sort of done, we've gone externally for a lot of um, volunteers. We've had schools and colleges in. Um, we're working with a lot of sort of partners to try and bring more more activities actually into um, into the into the wellbeing centre, mm -hmm. just to try and, mm. you know, give patients when they come that there is some sort of stimulation as well for them. But um, it's fun when they come and they enjoy it as well as the serious side of it. Um, it's actually about, you know, making that day meaningful um, to them. So I think what's been really important that aligns to the activities that have been brought in with the goal setting is not so much about sort of setting the goals themselves because we've always done that within, within the hospital, within the wellbeing centre and the inpatient unit. But it's about that review point and helping people to, to move forward. Um, having particular goals and having a review point set out we can then go back and we can look at how the services is been are being delivered and as an example there are a couple of people who have, have attended the wellbeing centre had particular goals we've gone to Karen and said is it possible that we can source somebody to come and help somebody achieve that so particularly like the music therapy the relaxation 
the polytunnel has been a really key part in enabling that and we've been able to be really providing that individual individualised care my teeth in um, that individualised <laughs> care to support people to, to achieve them and sometimes activities might end for a little while to allow for something else depending on the type of patients that we have so that's been really positive um, and it feels like we can deliver a really gold standard. Yeah, absolutely. The other factor is that people are a lot more empowered so again people that have I know a lot of people have worked in hospice day services for a lot of years and that D word of discharge is always really frightening for people. What we're finding is having goals, having that review stage is a really empowering patients and their families to say actually I feel like I've got what I need now. I know that you're here and I know that I can come back to you if I need to in the future yeah. and that's been a real benefit I think particularly for, for the patient but also for the staff in terms of having those difficult conversations because they don't feel quite as difficult like they used yeah. to. Mm. And I think you know, you've know you got all that goal setting um, and giving them some of that freedom but I think some of the other biggest change that we made was making sure that every um, admission, uh, referral that came on we did a triage process. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know whether you two want to talk about a little bit about that triage process because I think that's important and I think that's something that we've learned a lot from yeah. um, and how we can then take on to, to continue developing our services. Mm. Are you happy to do that bit Sarah? Yeah, I mean we, we with, I think people have always come in used to, we'd have the referral in and then somebody would come for an assessment and sometimes it's not always in their best, not so much their best interest but it might be quite difficult for them to access a service, as an example. Yeah. Um, or they may not have an awareness as to why they've actually been referred to the service in the first place. So having that triage in has allowed us to have a look at the type of person that we've got coming through the door, but also having a first point of contact with them over the telephone to introduce ourselves, um, say what services we offer and whether or not they still would like to pursue it. I think because of how the hospice has evolved over the past 30 plus years, there are a lot of services now that are available and it might be that it's just not quite the right service at the right time, but there's something else that we can offer as a hospice. A lot of people feel that they've just been referred into to die or to come for the end of their life and we've had lots of feedback from patients as cliche as this sounds but actually they've realized it's about living absolutely so yeah. and from the inpatient unit mm. side as well mm. and sometimes we've had a referral to the wellbeing center and we actually think that they would benefit from coming in for an admission mm -hmm. and, and a short yeah. stay with yeah. us so it's generating a lot of clinical work which is great and we're just making sure that we're putting the right people in the right place at the right time um, with the right access to enable them to achieve their goals really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think you know that social support we know that it's essential we didn't want to drop it out of no. the model altogether but we needed to make sure we strengthen that health model. I think we, we've known uh, and we've demonstrated that carers need to be pivotal to what we're delivering yeah. and you know maybe for a future podcast we can talk about some of the work we've been doing with um, carers yeah. support mm. yeah. um, and how we sort of strengthen that as well as the butterfly line the 24-7 access that gives carers and families professionals access uh, and that support mm -hmm. so I suppose 
um, future, where's the future? I suppose the future is about extension of this quality improvement, uh, continue to look at services and how we're delivering things um, to, and also start looking at integration. How can we work with uh, palliative care services across the uh, northern Lincolnshire to uh, strengthen what, what um, is offered to patients? And we started having very early conversations about um, things like having um, palliative and end of life coordination centre. And also we're really keen to, to link um, into primary care GP practices um, to make sure that patients are receiving the best care um, in, for palliative and end of life care. So which really fits in and extends on um, what we've delivered mm -hmm. here. So I think it's um, a great uh, effort from team uh, Lindsay Lodge Hospice. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully we'll be able to um, share some more podcasts of how we continue to progress. Yeah. Definitely. Watch this space. Look yeah. forward to it. <laughs>